We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Democrats from the White House down to their grassroots are screaming to the high heavens that Florida is pushing the Don't Say Gay Bill. But what does the bill actually say? Have you heard any of them discuss the actual language and what it actually does? We'll discuss this and more on today's rebellion. Good morning and welcome to the rebellion. Thanks so much for listening into the show. You know, I started out the week by talking about this particular story. I shared with you some of the comments that were coming out of Hollywood and elsewhere with regard to this new bill that's coming out of Florida that is titled the Parental Right in Education Bill. And as you know, if you've been listening to the news at all, the Democrats have relabeled it. They've renamed it. They've dumbed down the definition of this bill. They're lying about it by saying that it is the don't say gay bill. Well, on today's show, I want to talk to you about what the bill actually says. What does it actually do? Does it say that you can't use the word gay in Florida schools? Does it actually say that? Or is the White House, Jen Psaki, and all of the left who are screaming that this is a horrid, horrid and hateful bill because it tells students and teachers that they can't even use the word gay in our schools. Are they lying to you? Or is this true? That's today's show. Let's take a break, and when I get back, we are going to go through some of the specific language of Florida's parental right in education bill. What does it say? What does it not say? And why in the world is the left coming so unglued? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I haven't done this in a couple shows, so bear with me. Give me 30 seconds to do a little housekeeping here. If you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Thank you to all of you who have chosen to be subscribing members. I really appreciate you doing that, helping us pay the light bill and whatnot, and keeping this show going. And remember, you can buy my books on any online bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, whatever source you use, whatever platform you use to purchase your reading material. You can buy my books, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, my national bestseller. And the sequel to that is Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. You can get my books anywhere out there in your online bookstore world. All right. At the beginning of the week, I shared with you this story coming out of Hollywood, where actress Carrie Washington condemned this new bill, this new law in Florida. And she declared that children deserve to be who they want to be, to be their true selves. And she goes on to bemoan the don't say gay bill will prohibit that and will severely harm children because they can't be who they want to be. They won't be able to be their true selves. 
The fact that such a statement apparently seems to make sense to Kerry Washington and her 5.5 million Twitter followers is probably as frightening as anything about this story. Who in their right mind, if they understand parenting at all, would say that children deserve to be who they want to be? I mean, a child has an imagination. If your child wants to be, like I said earlier this week, if your child wants to be Barney, the, the, the purple dinosaur, are you going to encourage him to identify as a dinosaur? Are you going to assist him in permanently tattooing his face, arms, and legs to look like a dinosaur? Are you going to go get medical procedures done that will permanently dye his skin purple because he wants to be Barney? His true self is to be a purple dinosaur. I would hope you would say, no, that's crazy. Or how about if your daughter wants to be the little mermaid? She's infatuated with the cartoon, with the, with the Disney fairy tale of the little mermaid. So she comes to you and says, I think I was born to be a mermaid, not a human being. And I, I don't want these legs anymore. We need to surgically remove these legs and then attach a constructed tail, a fake fish tail to my body because I identify as a mermaid. If your five-year-old, your six-year-old, your eight-year-old came to you and said that, would you aid and abet them in getting that done? Would you take them to a doctor, amputate her legs, have the doctor construct a fake tail out of tissue and attach it to her body and celebrate the fact that your child deserves to be who she wants to be? She's now her true self. She's a mermaid. Or how about if your son or your daughter, all of the sudden becomes infatuated with the story of Helen Keller. And your, your son or your daughter thinks that they were born to be Helen Keller and they should be blind and deaf. And therefore they want you to remove their eyes and surgically alter their hearing so that they can't hear any longer. Would you aid and abet them in doing that? Because they're transabled and they think they should have born been born differently than they are. I'm not making that one up. We actually have a movement in some circles right now where people are identifying as disabled and they want to have medical procedures done to actually get rid of functioning organs like eyes or ears or a nose or whatever because they were born in the wrong body. Maybe even amputate an arm or a leg because they're transabled. Would you do that? Or would you raise an eyebrow and say, no, that's not healthy. That's not who you are. That's not your true self. That's not your biological reality. You know, your arms have a purpose. Your legs have a purpose. Your nose, your ears, your eyes have a purpose. And we shouldn't remove those functioning, healthy portions of your body just because you want to be who you want to be. You think you're something that you're not. This is exactly, this is exactly the philosophy of trans ideology. And the fact that the left is using it to drive a wedge between parents and their children is barbaric. That's what's barbaric. That's what's horrid. Anybody who would step in your way and stop you from protecting your child 
from taking their imagination too far and actually alter their physical body as the result of their imagination. Anybody who would stop you from being a good parent and coaching your kid through that reality, anybody that would do that is a dystopian, barbaric dictator who thinks they're God and that you have no parental right to challenge their self-proclaimed deity. This stuff is disturbing in the extreme. It's utter madness. And as I've said before, how can any thinking adult not see that a child's imagination should never be the basis for surgically altering his or her body? But the left, no, in spite of all of the logic and all of the common sense of what I just said in the last six to seven minutes, the left has decided to lie about this bill, this bill in Florida, which basically returns the rights of raising children back to the parents and says that the schools should not be violating the parents' wishes, especially in minor children, kindergarten through third grade. The schools should not engage in sexual indoctrination. And the schools should defer back to the parents for such things for talks, education, orientation, to anything that is sexual. And quite frankly, for kids that age, it rarely will be. They don't care. And anybody who would suggest that child development, child psychology says otherwise, hasn't taken a freshman 101 level class in that particular subject matter. That aside, maybe we can cover that in a different show. But Democrats claim that the Florida bill is pushing, is pushing, don't say gay. You can't even use the word. But here's what the legislation actually says. Tucker Carlson covered this with Governor DeSantis earlier this week. So I'm taking some of my material from notes that I've obtained from that interview. The Republicans on Tuesday passed the parental rights bill. That's what the bill is called. It's not called don't say gay. So don't let them get away with that. First of all, because that's not what the bill's titled. The bill is titled Parental Rights. And we should be focusing on what? Parental rights. That you have rights as parents to raise your own children as you see fit. And if you don't want them, if you don't want them indoctrinated when they're five years old in kindergarten on this lunacy that they have the right to be who they want to be and that they can move from imagination into some sort of contrived... Uh, identity and surgically alter their bodies, either chemically or actually with a scalpel, if you actually don't believe that any of that stuff is good, then you should have the right to raise your child accordingly. That's what this bill is targeted at doing, parental rights bill. But the progressives have claimed that it's an anti-LGBTQIA plus bill. So what does this bill that is officially named the Parental Rights in Education, what does it do? It bans school employees or third parties. Yes, it does. It bans school employees or third parties from giving classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity to kindergartner through third grade students. Who in their right mind would ever question that? Why are they so hell-bent 
on sexual indoctrination in five-year-olds. Why are they so obsessed with this? Did you ever scratch your head and wonder? And if your child has the right to be who they want to be in terms of sexual orientation or gender identity when they're five, six, seven years of age, why wouldn't that same child have the right to engage in behavior that is consistent with that sexual orientation or gender identity. Do you get where we're going with this? If your child is mature enough to declare their identity, their sexual orientation, their gender identity, if they're mature enough to be who they want to be sexually, then why can't they behave as they want to behave, consistent with who they just claim to be? The logic of this is obvious. And I was listening to a show on the Daily Wire recently, and it actually stunned me how many of the panelists agreed that the next shoe to fall in this entire thing is going to be the legalization of sexual activity between minors and adults. Because obviously children have the right to be who they want to be, right? And the definition of a human being always always sets the pretext for the definition of acceptable human behavior. And don't let the progressives cow you into silence by suggesting that you're the one who has a problem because you see the logical sequence of where these ideas will lead. No, don't let that happen. Don't let them embarrass you or mock you or malign you. Just return the question back to them and ask the progressives that are advocating the sexual indoctrination of children and allowing children, young children, elementary school age kids, to choose their sexual identity, to choose their gender. Ask them if they have the maturity to make those decisions sexually, then why don't they have the maturity to make other decisions sexually? Where are you guys drawing the line and why? And then just be quiet and listen because their position makes no sense. It's inconsistent. It's inconsistent. And that's why the panelists on this program at the Daily Wire unanimously agreed that the next shoe to fall will be the dumbing down of consensual sex from whatever age you think is appropriate today to a lesser age tomorrow and a lesser age the next day because this sexual identity argument has to coincide with the right to behave in a matter that's consistent with the legal identity that you just granted. You can't separate the two things logically or legally and still make sense out of the mess. Another tactic that they'll use is to say, well, that'll never happen. You're a crazy person to think that that's where we're going to go. In fact, I can almost guarantee you that if there's any progressive listening to me right now on this show, they're laughing and they're smirking and they're saying, oh, that'll never happen. Well, really? Really, you said the exact same thing on matters of abortion. When we said, if you allow abortion in the first trimester, then you will have to argue for it being acceptable in the second and the third trimester. And if it's acceptable in the third trimester, then you're going to have to legally and logically argue for it being acceptable up to the point of birth. And if it's acceptable up to the point of birth, then it will also logically and legally follow that you'll argue that it should be acceptable even 
at points of partial birth, where part of the baby is out of the birth canal, but there's still a portion of the baby remaining therein. Abortion will still be legal. And if it's still legal then, then sooner or later, you are going to start arguing for post-birth abortion because nothing's really changed in the identity of that human being. All that changed was location. All that changed is that it moved a few inches. So if it was okay to abort it, to kill it then, then why isn't it okay to abort it and kill it now if nothing has changed other than it moved? We said that that would happen. And they said, oh, that will never happen. That's a slippery slope fallacy, they claimed. We said the same thing when we dumbed down the definition of marriage. And we said that if you're going to get rid of the traditional boundaries of male and female marriage, of the nuclear family, then the next thing to happen is going to be the total loss of distinction in terms of genders. That males will claim to be females and females will claim to be males. And you'll have to defend that legally. Oh, that'll never happen, they said. And before the ink dried on a Bergefeld, you had Bruce Jenner being featured on Time Magazine and every other periodical in the nation as a hero for transitioning. The hero, the face of the transgender movement, the movement of sexual nihilism, of subjective identity rather than biological facts. We said that it would lead to the total abandonment of science, of DNA, of genetics, of biology, physiology. We said that it would lead to the to the, to the death of women's sports and that women would, le- would lose the very things that Title IX guaranteed them. They would lose their showers, their sports, their scholarships, their facilities. They would lose their dignity and they would lose their very identity to this movement. We said that would happen. We were mocked. We were ridiculed. They said, that'll never happen. But yet here we are. Here we are. And... I'll say it one more time. If you're going to dumb down the definition of what it means to be a human being to nothing but the sum total of what a individual, an individual, is inclined to do, if your identity is nothing but the sum total of your inclinations, if your personhood is nothing but the sum total of your passions, if you're going to define yourself by your desires, and if you get rid of any age limits for doing that, in other words, if a minor can define him or herself by their desires when they're 10, when they're 8, when they're 7, when they're 6, when they're 5, which is what the left is arguing these kids should be able to do. They're actually arguing that this instruction in schools about gender identity should be part and parcel of their education when they're in kindergarten. Well, if the kid can declare and define himself by his desires in kindergarten, then why can't he declare and define his behaviors in a similar way? What logic, what legal precedent would stop that? As I've said before, when you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get liberty. You're going to get thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. And the only thing that would stop that degradation of children would be thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in and build up a wall to protect them, at least for a while, from predatory adults that want to use and abuse minors. 
Well, the kid defined himself that way. If he's mature enough to define himself, then surely he's mature enough to decide what he wants to do about it, will be the argument. Oh, a couple laws will be built up and constructed to stop that, but then those laws will be torn down because they're logically inconsistent, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. So what does the bill say? President Biden has called it a hateful bill. Uh, Jen Psaki has called it a horrid bill. Uh, so uh, what does the bill actually say? Well, the bill's really real name is what? The Parental Rights and Education Bill. It does not even mention the word gay. doesn't even mention it. doesn't say you can't say it. doesn't say you have to say it. doesn't say anything about the word gay. There's nothing in the bill that says you can't say gay. Maybe these AP reporters would do well to actually read legislation before they write about it. Mm-hmm. That's just a suggestion. Just a suggestion here. Um, here's what the bill says in part. I've got a few minutes to get into this. It does require school districts to adopt procedures that, quote, reinforce the fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children. Oh, shame for shame. How terrible is that? That it actually, it actually requires school districts to reinforce the fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing of their own kids. Terrible. Bigoted, hateful bill, isn't it? It does prohibit classroom instruction. Excuse me. It does prohibit classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity with children in the third grade or younger. And again, I ask you, why in the world would you object to that? What third grade or younger kid needs or is going to benefit from classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. The bill does require, listen to this, it does require school districts to notify the parents if the student has shown any change in his mental health, emotional, or physical well-being. In other words, if the kid is doing anything or saying anything that suggests that there's a compromise or a potential future compromise to his or her mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, that the school should tell the parents. Hmm. That's outrageous, isn't it? The, the, here's another thing that the bill does do. It says this in the legislation. It does prohibit schools from encouraging a student to withhold such information from their parents. I'll read that again. It prohibits the school from telling your kid to withhold information from you, information that could be damaging to his mental, emotional, physical health or other well-being. Why would any school want the latitude to encourage your son or daughter to withhold that from you? The bill does require school districts to notify parents of each health care service offered at their student's school. And the option needs to be given to the parents to decline any of those specific services. Again, you should be told what services, health care services, are being offered to your kid. If your kid, and if you don't want those services you as the parent should be respected and you as the parent should be able to make the final decision as to what health care services, counseling, whatnot, 
is going to be provided to your child. The bill does require that parents be allowed to access their child's educational or health records kept by the school. <laughs> Does any of this stuff sound outrageous? Who in, who, who in the real world would think that parents don't have the right to get the things and access the things, accept or decline the things that I've been describing over the last few minutes? The bill does require that the school get parental permission before administering a well-being questionnaire or health screening to students in kindergarten through third grade. Why is that a problem? Why would anybody object to parents not knowing about any questionnaires or health screening being conducted with their young kids? Wouldn't you want the parents to know about that so they could be fully aware of the positive or negative consequences and outcomes of such surveys and questionnaires? Why would you want to hide that from the parents? Here's another thing. The bill does require schools to respond to a parent's concerns within seven days of being notified of those concerns. And the school must resolve those concerns within 30 days. Resolve them in an acceptable way to the parents, as long as the parents are deemed to be reasonable and not abusive. Again, you know, if you've got abusive parents, then the courts can decide that, no, these parents are not fit. I mean, this has been the law of the land for decades and decades, folks. There's evidence that the parents are beating the kid or abusing the kid or the kid's malnourished or whatnot. Then take it to court and the parents can be investigated accordingly. But if there's none of that, if there's no evidence of any such negative behavior, dysfunctional behavior in the home, if they're just good parents that want to be involved in their kids' lives, and they don't like what the school is doing in terms of indoctrinating their young kids in gender identity and whatnot, the, the parents can go to the school, express their concerns, and the school has seven days to respond. And they have 30 days to actually resolve the concern. So it's not like, you know, the school has to comply within five seconds. The bill is reasonable. It gives the school a full week, seven days, to initially respond to the concerns, and then it gives them 30 days to resolve the issue, thumbs up or thumbs down. And if it's not resolved to the parent's satisfaction, then the parents can sue the school. They can take this particular case to the State Commissioner of Education and a special magistrate to mediate a solution. And the school district must pay for that process. Why is that a bad thing? Again, we're just asking the schools to listen to the people that are paying for them, the taxpayers, the parents that pay for these schools and these administrators and teachers to do their jobs. In summary, folks, the bill does not even ever say the word gay. It's not in the bill. It does not ban the word gay in school settings. It does not, does not, does not prohibit a casual discussion of these types of things. To be honest, I don't know what the definition of serious or casual is, but that they went overboard to say in the bill that the schools are not prohibited from engaging in that. Calling this thing the never say gay bill is a lie. It's manipulation, it's spin. This is a parental rights bill, and everything in it makes all the sense in the world. 
if you're a decent human being and a decent parent. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.